What is up, you guys? Welcome to Mindset Sessions by Off The Wall Therapy. I am Brock Eisman, and I am stoked to give you guys a look into the sport and performance psychology world. I am here to help you create tools and optimize your potential. Let's get it. All right, guys. Well, welcome back to the podcast. So this is Mindset Sessions. And for those of you who don't know, the three different segments that we are going to be doing on the podcast for the new episodes that are being released are one is SMB, and then SMB is called Sport and Brain. The second is going to be interview styles, and that's kind of what we're doing today. We have a guest on. And then the third one is going to be Q&A. And Q&A is simply just questions and answers. You guys can shoot those questions in. But for today, we're going to be doing the interview segment. And I am super stoked to have my little brother on. And my little brother, for those of you who don't know, he's in a band. That was the Yerba Mate. Thank you, dude. Um, He's in a band called The Dwellers. And he's the lead singer, songwriter for the band. It's him and his friend Joey. They grew up in San Clemente, and uh, that's where I grew up. So they recently signed with Island Records and just got back from a nationwide tour for the past 40 days, which is pretty exciting. And like I said, I'm super stoked to have him on the podcast. I wanted to get my brother on here. His name is Bren. I wanted to get him on here because he basically just kind of went from making music in his room to now he's playing shows in front of a ton of people and he's being able to make a career where people can listen to him from all over the world and I just really think it's a really cool impact and what I want you guys to get out of the conversation that we have today is pretty much how Bryn deals with like focus, concentration, how he deals with stress and his adversity when it comes to going out and maybe not performing as well as he wanted to in front of a ton of people. I know he learned a lot from this last tour. So I want you guys to uh, gain some of that insight from him. But anyway, so Bryn, introduce yourself. And we have Grizz here as well. Grizz is going to be on here as well. So Don't forget about Grizz. Yeah, don't forget about Grizz. Say hi, Bryn. Yeah, Bryn. Who are you? How's it going, guys? What's up, boys? Yep. I'm, uh, I'm Bryn. I'm very tired. Yeah, and Brock made me wake up early, even though I was an hour late. And we just did a little workout. Yeah, and I'm just working on it. You know, I'm, I'm trying to be better. Yeah, because you stay up pretty late to uh, write music and do songs. Yeah, I I find that I get the most creative when I'm not supposed to be being creative. Yeah, so like late at night. Late at night. Typically, or, how late do you stay up? Probably like 2 to 3 a.m. Oh, my night. gosh. Yeah, every single night. So, Dude. for him and the job that he has, um, different from my athletes that are listening here, I don't want you guys to go to bed at 2 or 3 a.m. in the morning because, obviously, that, that adversely affects your sleeping patterns. His sleeping pattern is definitely staying up late and then sleeping in until around 10 in the morning every single day. 
which for athletes, I don't want you guys to do that, obviously, because you guys have to go to school or you're in college and you have to perform at different times of the day. So for Bryn, don't listen to the sleeping patterns. See, I I have a unique perspective on on sleeping patterns. Share your school of thought. Unhealthy we just sleeping about patterns. This. So it's completely different for an athlete or like someone who needs to like physically perform and obviously everybody needs to physically perform to a certain extent but for me I've talked about this with Joey the 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 other half of my band um there's almost like a sense of inspiration and artistic like um culmination that comes with uh with being tired and like and feeling miserable in the mornings and then like staying up late at night and being like I'm just gonna stay up again because I'm like super inspired or I don't know it's almost like when things are going too good or when I'm on in this like cycle of feeling like a well-rounded human I almost like self-destruct a little bit because I know that on the other side I'll like find inspiration in that process because that's like that's kind of what life is it's like ups and downs all related to sports just because it's probably like athletes listening to this but it's that'd be good yeah <laughs> i'm sure you could relate it to sports dude yeah. well i mean yeah. i'm sure obviously it'd be dumb to be like a self-destructive athlete but it's like the times that you don't get a hit like you get stri- like you strike out or like when you lose or when you miss shots those really highlight the like the good games or when like you're focused or in basketball when you feel that tingle in the tips of your fingers and it's like the beauty of of life and of expression which is found in music and athletics it's like those moments when you're just like working magic when you're making something beautiful it's like those are the moments those have to be propped up on a pedestal by the lows. Yeah, and I, I mean, the the beauty. So sleep in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so no, so for athletes, I mean, the biggest thing with you, um, athletes are kind of like artists. When you really think about how much they put into their craft, yeah. When it comes to working out, training, and then going and performing in front of people, your guys' performance is not very different. When you make it to the top of, so like you're making it to the top of your career, which is music. I'm trying. Yeah, you're trying. Athletes, when they make it to the top, they're performing as well. It's almost like a performance. And everything that they put inside of it, I think it it can definitely relate in some manner. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because performance, that's pretty much everything that I do when I talk about things. It's all about making sure you can perform as well as you possibly can. Yeah, and don't, I'm not, I wasn't like saying what I just said to like, tell people that it's like good or okay to sleep in because I'll be honest I feel like me and Joey we just like the whole idea of like success in music it's it's rare for someone with like my work habits to like find success like it's it's almost like probably one in a million because there is also this aspect of just like you're an individual that has a story Mm -hmm. and your story and the way that you tell it is like if if you need I always think about it like this if you have a song 
or you have something to say, you your heart, your soul will find a way to say it. If you love baseball, if you love basketball, you need to like do do that passion justice. So it's like I think like framing your mind around why you're even playing sports and the whole like mentality behind why do I why do I want why should I wake up? Not that like I have to, but because I I I need to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that because it's like for guys who want to be for the athletes that are listening, you want to be good at your craft. You want to wake up early. You want to eat right because you're passionate about either success on the field or on the court. And for Bren, even though it's like part of it sleeping in, like the heat of the moment when it comes to prep, like you, like for us, we're in the gym early in the morning. He's he's in the his creative gym late yeah, at night. Late at night, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Bryn, let's start off with, because this is really what I want the listeners to hear right off the bat, is pressure and stress and anxiety. Oh, we're going right to that. Yeah, so all of these things that you feel a lot of constantly, whether it's performing or not performing, um, how do you deal with stress? Uh Okay, so for music, for music, think about the think about the uh, the tour that you just went on. What did you learn about stress? What did you learn about anxiety when it came to your performance? With the tour, with with the tour, it was probably like it's probably like one of the the biggest, most impactful experiences of my life because it was the first time where like. I didn't really have a choice to not to not perform. Like even when I was feeling sick or we had just played like two shows in a row and like there was the third show and I I just felt terrible. I I wasn't confident. I like didn't want to go on stage. I wasn't excited about going on stage. And then like realizing that at that moment, that was the culmination of like everything I've worked for and all of the years that I've been writing music and sitting in my room and the ups and downs had led me to this moment where I was about to like go on stage and live my dream of, of performing songs that came from my heart to, to people who like paid to listen, which is unbelievable. And like I said before, kind of, it's just, it's just a self-awareness of the importance of the moment hmm. and not like regretting the past or feeling too much anxiety for the future. It's just like saying, what can I do right now to like set, set myself up, to set my, my, my heart and all of these harbored feelings I have, how can I set those up for success? How can I how can I nullify this this stress? Because, like, even when you're in this mind this mind state of like overwhelming stress, things are always fleeting. Like the good times always end, but the bad times always end as well. Like life is always going to change. So then, if you set yourself like 
at a steady pace and you try to be disciplined, things are gonna things are gonna work out. That's yeah. Good. Uh, so like it like it like right before because when I went on tour with you guys like we talked a lot about all those what I would call pregame jitters, right? So like you're sitting down and for you you're sitting down in a room with you guys are in your band and you're like, okay, like what, what's this going to be like when we go out there? Is this going to be, are we going to sound good? Are these people going to like us? Um, I know that there was like a really big switch for that question. Like, are these people going to like how we sound? Like, are we going to make them super stoked to be here? What happened with that? How did you change that? Well, so there's levels to that because with anything that is performance-based, there's like an aspect of preparation that like you need to consider. And it's like, if I'm not prepared for this, if I didn't practice enough, if I didn't put in the time beforehand, Mm -hmm. even if we're really good, like really good musicians as individuals, we're probably gonna suck. Because, (laughs) I mean, you could like have a spawn, at least in, in our mind, and like we would suck even if people didn't notice we'd be like oh dang we're out of time or i'd be like oh i missed the the cue on that like like little things that are reflective of being like a tight-knit performer to the performer rather than just making an audience like want to dance like i think that's the thing that separates a bar band that can get drunk people dancing and like a world class band that is just like a genuine like timeless performer. Same thing with athletes. Someone who can like ball up in like a pickup gym and wreck everybody and they'll just like talk crap and have this ego, but they didn't they didn't like go anywhere with basketball in their own life, you know? It's like there's a sense of of self-awareness that is required with I with the aspect of performance that I need to put in the time beforehand to be ready for this moment so that when I have those feelings of unsureness when I have those feelings of stress of I suck the crowd isn't gonna like me and if the crowd didn't like me I would still feel confident in myself mm-hmm. because yeah, yeah yeah so in so with that you're kind of you're kind of bringing up like mentally how you get prepared for going out on stage. Yeah, stuff. mental fortitude. So like, how do you prepare for that? See that that's another thing is like radical acceptance of the process. Like, right, because you can you can say like, oh yeah, you just have to prepare, you just have to do this. So it's like, what what is something you know? Do you is there? Because Brock talks about all the time. There's neutral thinking. There's um, uh, positive may, thinking positive thinking maybe See, you, I mean and you for example I've seen videos like you and Brock um, you guys pray before a show yeah you know so like what's maybe an example so radical acceptance of the process I love that yeah I think there's like a book called radical acceptance or I don't know I I, I don't read books but I know books names and I'll like look up videos on them okay. um but back to your question, I don't have like a good process. I just have a, a mindset on the process 
like doing prayer before every show doesn't make me feel good but it's just part of like the discipline and like posturing myself I, I mean that's a whole other topic I can get into with like prayer and, sure. and discipline but yeah, it's like knowing that I'm not going to feel good I'm not going to feel ready for the show if it was a show with a thousand people all the way down to if there's two people watching us, I always feel the same. It's like this fight or flight reaction in my brain where I always want to run. And then just like chemically, when you push through that, it is the biggest reward system. Even if like you fail, but just like fail, I mean, have not the best show. But if you push through that, that urge and that internal response that's telling you to not do it because you're not capable or something's going to go wrong and it's trying to like defend your sense of comfortability if you push through that that's like so you're saying that's that, the heart of a performer right yeah. there is like yeah definitely give it your all yeah so you're saying that pretty much the preparation is more about discipline and knowing that you're just gonna have to like go through it whether or not you like whether or not you feel good or not when you're going up on stage yeah when did you figure out failure isn't that bad or your definition of failure changed repetition repetition because I remember a lot of the conversations you and I would have about even when we do say perceive failure like we go and do something wrong it doesn't matter because the show goes on. It's literally <laughs> the show goes on. Yeah. And a majority of the time, either people don't notice or they just, they just don't care. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. Cause there's so I know there's so many people out there like me included, probably you guys included that it doesn't really matter if people don't care or if, they don't notice that you do things bad because what it comes down to is all the way back to what we were saying at the beginning. Everybody as a performer should hold themselves to the highest standard and everybody wants to be the best version of themselves that they can be. And it's always a battle of you versus you, no matter how many people are watching. If it's like one person watching, if it's like a stadium of people watching, what it comes down to is like you versus you. Yeah, totally. Be- because be- people could be people could be loving you, and you could feel like a failure, and you'll feel like a failure. Like, there's no. It's it's all about <laughs> it's all about mindset. <laughs> because the beauty of the process of like performing and then succeeding in that performance is your own outlook on it how much of a how much of a of a critic towards yourself are you have there been times where you're like up on stage and then you're just like you know what i don't really have to worry about like if there's one person in in front of me or like a thousand people like i'm just here to enjoy what i'm doing no 
<laughs> it's 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 all for me it's always like a uh I'm always looking for like an existential an existential like reason for my performance <laughs> down to like the most mundane things of like having a conversation it's it, it comes down to obsessive reflection on even like the current moment that I'm in I'm all that's like that's why we called ourselves dwellers because me and Joey have always um related in this obsession of of like thinking about things and overthinking about things and for us it's awesome because that then becomes like the the content of our songs what we write about but when I think about something like like that what you're talking about with baseball I think there's like a uh, I think there's a moment with being hard on yourself versus like taking a look at like the big picture and how you're contributing to a team that it 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 goes back to in yourself it's like it's good that I'm being hard on myself because I have high standards but am I going to am I going to be hard on myself to the extent that I'm messing with my process of growth or am I going to use that to like inspire me to do better and to always like want more it's like it's like the kobe mentality like when he won what there's like a photo of him when he like won a won a ring and like he wasn't happy he was like he's like sitting in the in the locker room with like his ring yeah you know cuz like he want he like wants to like win another one he wants more yeah it's like it's it's never being satisfied i, I it's there's a fine line. There's a balance. I yeah. think I think it's finding a balance. Yeah. Because there's like the far side of the spectrum where it's like everybody gets a participation award and you tried your best, but to a certain extent it's just like there has to be harsh realities and there there are examples of greatness in the world like athletes performers people who are just people who are pristine in their craft and i don't know there's a lot of i think i think it comes down to just like what you want out of what you're doing and if you want to be a good performer then be a good performer but if you want to just like be happy you could be happy doing anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. But if you want to be like an athlete, a performer, you have to constantly battle with every other performer in your field, but then you have to battle against yourself more than anybody. Well said. That's yeah. very true. It's mm-hmm. good. Um, Brent, how did you get into music? Like, What inspired you to go down the, the path of music? Because you were an athlete and you stopped playing sports, what turned you into this musician that you are today? Um, I don't know. I I sang, you know, <laughs> I sang my whole life. 
was always like the annoying little singer kid with a big smile. And then that led me to becoming a thespian <laughs> of the arts. Yeah. <laughs> so what what got you into music? Um, well, directly what got me into music was freshman year of college. I roomed with uh, with Joey, who I'm in the band with now, and Joey had done music his whole life. He he was always destined to be like a a musician, singer, songwriter. And I think I always kind of looked up to him in that regard. And he gave me, he taught me guitar when we were together. Hmm. And I had this background of writing poetry, probably from like obsessing over dad and our sister Carly, who wrote a bunch of poetry. And I had all these harbored emotions that I didn't know how to express that I had no outlet outlet for expression and when I picked up a guitar it just flooded out of me some really ugly and annoyingly bad songs and then I love I love how Ed Sheeran talks about it actually and this can relate to any performance in sports Ed Sheeran said that writing a song is like a dirty faucet. You have to like turn on the faucet and let it run out all of the dirty water until the gook kind of gets like washed off and then the clean water starts to flow. Mm. And that's just about like everybody has it within them. Everybody has a pure heart for performance and love and acceptance and greatness. It's just about like getting through these layers that have been placed on us either by ourselves Mm -hmm. or by the world that we're not good enough that we're not strong enough we're not smart enough and you just have to break through those yeah and you're not going to be good at anything that you do the first time you try some people some people are really good at Mm -hmm. certain things some people are gifted some people get so lucky and if you're one of those people that is lucky or that has a natural talent don't don't think that you're ahead in the race you know you gotta you gotta freaking use that god-given gift and like we said like pay your dues and freaking wake up early i I, i'm i'm telling this to myself as well (laughs) because i mean you can find you can find comfort in the process but in your own process but with something like sports that is more of it has it has more structure to it like with music I can I can do my own thing because it's so like independent and self-reliant and I control everything that I post with Joey and we have the internet but with sports it's like it's this structure in the sky that you're trying to like break into somehow either by being the most talented person in your division or just like getting seen by scouts or something. I don't really know how it works. Yeah, there's a yeah, there's like a combination of okay, you you're usually on a team, but then you're also trying to 
be you're trying to break through to the next level just by yourself because yeah. everybody's at a different level yeah. you know and yeah. not everybody has the same work ethic mindset um, they don't have the same living conditions there's a lot of factors that go in. yeah there are good examples though I mean mm-hmm. when you look at great athletes kind of like you were talking about before there are great examples but when you really look at those kind of great examples they kind of paved their own way yeah they didn't look at i mean sure when they were younger they were probably like oh yeah i want to i want to look like magic johnson like he's like amazing but then they kind of realized that i'm going to be better than him and i'm going to do things differently than that person it's the it's the it factor yeah some, some people just have the it factor yeah and i think i think you can create the it factor if you work hard enough and you put your blinders on and you just go for it mm-hmm. but there's like a balance that comes with comparison with self comparison to others mm-hmm. because you need you need to know the playing field and you need to be self aware enough to know where you currently are at in the playing field and where you need to get to but if you get so caught up in comparison you're going to lose that like authentic sense of self and then once you like get to a certain point, it'll be like you'll either burn out or you just like won't succeed because you won't have the passion anymore. Like there's gotta be a balance of like these are the greats, these are the people that uh I am looking as as a reflection of myself to and I'm gonna be be better than them, or I'm gonna take aspects of their work ethic of their artistry um, and I'm going to implement it into my own I'm going to make it my own mm-hmm. so uh, where do you with all of that being said and we talk about like work ethic mindset it factor all that stuff where do you find yourself within the band or within the, the sphere of music and trying to make it like are your goals like hey I just want to be a great songwriter and perform and do well or do you have like Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant levels of large like, dude, I just want to like I want to be this I want to be this and I'm going to put in this kind of work to do it or are you somewhere in between where do you want to be how far do you want to take this I don't know okay well, that's something that's, that's honest well it's it's not that at the foundation of it it's it's God family in the pursuit of happiness, but obviously in our life, it was highlighted by the death of a family member. Mm-hmm. So then that throws you into this kind of expedited like reality where it's like, I'm a little kid and I have this affinity for love and deep feelings and then it all just gets flipped upside down and I have to grow up and I have to... I'm faced with what death is and what the end of life is and what lost love is. And then I have to try to like work through that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and everybody in our family has to try to work through that. People every day who lose people have to work through that. And then it's saying, what am I going to do about it? Mm-hmm. What can I do about it in these fields of performance? Everybody has a different thing that they perform in whether it's just a a job a sport a relationship like their their 
their thoughts inside of their head with themselves. It's it's all performance based. What what is your what is your standard for like the music you write? Mean me and Joey have always said that we just wanted to make extremely honest music that has like inflections of, of hope that touches on like the duality of the process of life and that instills like bits of hope in it but not like ham-fisted like things are gonna be better <laughs> but just like I mean some people might need that but yeah you have a uh, yeah we, we have we have yeah. a song like like it's only for me <laughs> like it's kind of like that but I get it the most impactful songs to me are the ones that adhere to the reality that life is hard a lot and for some people it's like a majority of the time hard but that that's okay and that there's things that we can do to combat that. There's things that we can do to make that process of life beautiful and worth it. Because at the end of the day, it is. Mm. Yeah. There's yeah. a reason we wake up every morning. There's a reason I should have woken up earlier this morning. <laughs> there's a reason that people go to the gym. There's a reason people play sports. There is a deep passion in our in our hearts and our souls to live. But then there's another side of us that is our, our brain and this is a very churchy term, but our flesh that is like telling us to not do those things or that we are not capable of doing those things and that we're made for comfort and to live in a hole. Yeah. Living for comfort. How has that changed you when it comes to cold water exposure? Sit on that for a second. Cold water exposure. I love it. It's, I mean, it's it's a fad for a reason. It's it's like becoming so popular because it is the most pure form of discomfort. So then it throws you into this like physical emotional mental state of panic and then you realize that you're not gonna die so you come back down to earth and you're like i have power over this my body can maintain life through the most like intense state of discomfort i've ever experienced and i'm still alive (laughs) and i even feel better (laughs) okay so how does that's really good how does that translate to the stage when you perform adrenaline (laughs) (laughs) norepinephrine yeah adrenaline it's just like a rush it's like I always know that there's like this this moment on stage that maybe once after like the first song or in the middle of the first song when the bass hits or when like the beat drops or something and like I get loose because I get I get lost in that expression that maybe like like I love the idea of music because you can like eternalize eternalize you can make temporary emotions eternal temporary sentiments you can like 
put them in this form where it just kind of stays like any you can listen to it whenever so I don't know where I was going I think I was gonna make a point <laughs> about That's like okay. if you, if you set if you set the uh, the pace for that it, I'm, I'm thinking about like sports with um, I don't know like you have a pre-game song that you listen to before a game or some thing that you always do or some warm-up or some moment in the game when like you're, you're like ready to go that's like the uh the adrenaline moment you know like something that Pre-game, gets you hyped up you're talking about routine yeah yeah routine that gets you hyped up or like a moment that through repetition you've realized that i'm i'm gonna like i i always will lose the fear i'll always lose that fight or flight response in my mind because it's like go time this is what i was made to do in this moment and i'm going to i'm going to enjoy the spoils of this i think of the i think of like the beat dropping like what you were talking about um the you can kind of compare it to like the pitcher batter um moment of like if brock is facing a pitcher that entire at bat is like there's tension there and then as soon as brock just smacks oh it's a, a release ball into, yeah. Yeah. yeah and and then like the beat drops and brock's like whoa like oh man now i can i can move see i'm thinking more in regards to the term of like in basketball and you're doing pre-game warm-ups and you're i mean in high school you're not allowed to hit the rim with your hand um but going and doing pre-game warm-ups there's something I in there you, where it's I like think you can now. It like oh really yeah people Build are up. freaking dunking and I was always told you weren't allowed to. No, I'd always people, get in trouble. People are yeah. The ref standing at the half court going. Nah, people are slamming nowadays. Really? Yeah. I think that ref might have been old school. Nah, yeah. there's. I was never allowed to do that. Um, but like I was saying, the moment that you actually go and the ball is tipped and then the play starts to go, all of that stress kind of goes away. And then in like baseball. After, like, when you're going and facing a really good pitcher, say he's throwing mid-nines, and you get up to bat, that first ball that goes by, whether it's a ball or strike, it kind of just switches. You have that switch, and all of a sudden, you feel more relaxed and more comfortable. When do you feel that switch when you're performing on stage? Because that switch would happen for me at different times, but it was almost, I could almost remember the exact feeling when it was made. And all of the feelings that I had before that, all of the negative thoughts, all of the whatever predispositions that I had in my own mind, they would just go away. And then I was like only focused in the moment on what I had to do. It's a flow state. Yeah. Uh, I feel, have you talked about that before? Yeah. Flow state's probably one of the most popular words when it comes to sports psychology. It's yeah. Probably- yeah. It's a flow. It's like... What I think it is, is before the flow state, you're just in this, uh, this mind, this mindset of like being overly self-conscious, being overly self-aware of down to like the way you're moving, what, what is going on like in your own body. And then when you get to that point of the flow state or like the adrenaline rush, it's you. You're just locked in to the task at hand, mm-hmm. and you've done it so many times, or 
like you care about this so much that like it becomes I have to like deal with what's in front of me and I can lose myself in that process because it's it's fun (laughs) it's fun to perform Mm -hmm. it's fun to play the sport that you like if it's not fun it doesn't always have to be fun but if it's not fun sometimes you probably shouldn't be doing it so you just signed a record deal pretty pretty recently yep um and talking about performance i mean where where's that line that you're trying to find right now between being an artist and being creative so that opens the 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 door of conversation to success and what that looks like financially, personally. Um, and that also brings me back to like what I was talking about with my sleep schedule and my, my, my personal um, approach to performance is that I have this uh, tendency to kind of like be stuck in my own ways. And that that's worked for me because to a certain extent, it's helped me write songs. It's helped me be like self-aware and have so much patience with myself that I want to like understand myself. And then that's helped me understand other people. And then I can make connections by making songs that I love and that I hope people connect to. And that's my own world. Like, that's me and Joey's world that we've created. And sometimes, artists especially, get so caught in their head and in their own world and in the beauty of expression itself, you know? Like, I know some artists that are okay with, like, making music that they love and even if people don't listen to it, they don't care. You know, and it's just about like creating honest music to them or people that think that creating honest music is all that matters. You don't have to promote it. You don't have to do like the social media game and you just believe in yourself and that people will find it. For us, it's always been trying to find the balance between that like raw, authentic expression and refined expression and then also like tools of communication. Like, how can I communicate this sentiment that I've turned into a song that I think is beautiful, that I think is impactful, that I think is worthy of existing in this world, that I think could help someone, that I think could make someone who doesn't know how to feel certain emotions feel something, which is why I even started making music, was because I listened to music, and when I didn't know how to feel things, songs would like make me cry driving on pch in high school (laughs) how how can i best put that in front of people and give them an opportunity to experience those songs that's what the business aspect of music i am so grateful for because island records is this group of people that share that same like love for music but that also are just this like 
um, business entity that is like refining the process of like delivering those things to people and working with artists like us on like how to do that in the most effective way. So it's just about like effectiveness. When you can you can like be a really it's it's like the same aspect we were talking about with like someone who's a really good pickup basketball player, but then if they were to get um picked up by like a semi pro team, they might play completely differently or they might refine the way they're playing play less sloppy and like showboaty because the competition is higher. I when we signed to Island Records, we're on a roster with like Sean Mendez and some some of our favorite bands this band Mount Joy and then that brings you to this like next level of comparison and the the mutual relationships and like parasocial relationships do you guys know what that means parasocial it's no. like an online relationship that isn't real but like you draw comparisons between yourself parasocial the parasocial relationships we have with like bands that we look up to and seeing how successful they've been and what kind of lives they've made for themselves and how many lives they've changed through this like this business model and what it comes down to is make enough money to like provide for your family and pursue your dreams that's like you know while also trying to reach that standard of performance for yourself like for us i want i want to build montana with you you know like we we bought a house in Mon- or land in montana and we're trying to like build a house on it and that has become one of my biggest like financial goals is to be able to invest in something like that and the business side of my art doesn't feel um miss like my my zeal for making money or being successful in a business sense doesn't feel misplaced because it's not like out of um it's not in vain like i i just want to like provide for my family and be able to do the thing i love and make it a career and make it something that's fruitful for my kids you know it's it comes down to the why and yeah i feel i feel great about the island records thing i feel it's it's always a balance too because then there's bands out there that will only want money or like mainstream popular success and then they lose the soul of why they're making music and people can see that people can see right through that all right we're back from the break and my first question back Bryn, is what is your definition of fear how do you operate within fear what really is fear to you what's your definition of fear first off lack of control I I think with like in a negative sense and I'm not saying that like my fear is always like negative or pessimistic but fear to me is like when I don't have control and things are in a downward spiral 
So what do you control? When you're performing, when you're writing a song, when you're writing a song, you can pretty much control everything. You can't control how people react or think of your song. But when you go out and do a show, you have zero control. I wouldn't say zero, but you don't have as much control. So is there a lot more fear when you're doing a show? How do you deal with that? I think, I mean, I don't do this always, but just like looking at fear as an opportunity for something, it gives you like something to overcome. Like having, having, having a speed bump or something internally that you feel like you can't control just gives you an opportunity to control it. And that's what growth is. That's what, like, building fortitude in, in yourself, in your identity, in the way that you look at the world is, is, is having fear and then overcoming fear. Do you think people that have fear, like when you think of going back to really great athletes or say like in the military, people who are in the military, Fear, there's a very common thing when it comes to fear and overcoming fear. There's a C word that actually goes in line with that as well. Charisma? Courage. 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 So close. <laughs> well, how do you think courage interacts with fear? Because what is courage? The opposite of fear. No, it's having, having fear. Recognizing that it's fear, that you're afraid, but doing it anyway. Yeah, so exactly what we were saying, how it's an opportunity for overcoming it. Yep. So what you just turned your fear and your definition of fear turned into courage. And the, the opportunity to be courageous. Yeah. And building yourself to be a formidable person that can instill courage in themselves and in others, even in fear. Because if you can stand up on stage in front of thousands of people and have a lot of fear and somehow get that out to those people that they can understand that like even when you are afraid, you can figure out how to do it even when it's there. Yeah. And I've seen you even when you're even when you're up on stage, you will sometimes even explain to people like I'm scared, <laughs> and then everyone you can kind of tell everyone just kind of goes, "Wow, he is scared." Like this is this is actually cool because he's actually performing really well. How does that happen? Yeah. And with sports, like facing a relate this back to basketball. I mean baseball, or even football. Like when you're facing a guy who is way stronger than you. He could absolutely dominate you physically, but somehow you succeed. You have to you have to think of courage in in that as well. Like when you're going up and you're hitting against a guy who's throwing 100 miles an hour, getting hit by that ball would be very bad, like very bad. But somehow you have to figure out how to get a hit. <laughs> yeah. And in football, I mean, I got hit so hard multiple times where I was just. You have to be able to get up and go out and do it again. It's that whole thing. 
get knocked down seven times, get up eight. Yeah, totally. I think courage is about like recognizing the the odds or the obstacles, and then having the fortitude to push through. You know? Doing it anyway. Yeah, like uh, what we were talking about with um, uh, like a cold shower or an ice bath or something like that. The the uh, the odds are like. Um, what like hypothermia or something like that if you're in there for too long it's cold it's uncomfortable but like death right (laughs) but if once you're in there um you're training your mind like okay let me just be in here for like five more seconds okay another five more seconds you're training your mind um and you're training your um i mean your heart as well to be like okay you know there's going to be other times in my life, like when I'm up on stage or I'm at the plate or I'm at the free, the free throw line and the spotlight's on and this is uncomfortable, but I know that I can do this because I've put myself through other situations to where I've overcome. Overcome fear. Yeah. So overcoming fear. Repetition. Mm-hmm. Put yourself in circumstances and situations you're very fearful so you can overcome it mm-hmm. what about struggle <sighs> struggle mm-hmm. what about struggle how do you deal with struggle I struggle you struggle a lot <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. just like every common person would struggle yeah. a lot yeah it's like the thing mom says every Every morning you pull your pants up. Every morning you put your feet on the ground, pull your pants up. You you make a choice. Everything in life is a choice. At least everything in life happens to you, and then you make a choice on how you respond. So how do you deal with struggle? Give me some examples. I write a song or have an intentional, intentionally vulnerable conversation. For me, I, I, a lot of the times I, I always feel like a, a cup that's like overflowing and I, I just need to like pour it out and put my emotion and my anxiety somewhere rather than like for a lot of people, it's like they compartmentalize or they try to have like a different perspective on their emotions. And maybe I don't, maybe that's not like the best way for me to do it. But as like an artist who operates off of expression, that's kind of been my 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 best approach to. Uh, dealing with struggle is is by make trying to make something tangible and beautiful out of it so like consistently i mean putting pen to paper and just like i mean obviously making a song but like writing your thoughts your emotions all that stuff yeah i feel like it's just like i'm looking for clarity and i i get clarity when i talk like a conversation like this Mm -hmm. Or when I just call Brock on the phone, or when I write a really good song, or I have 
when I'm in like consistent prayer life or journaling or when I'm reading the Bible, it doesn't have to be like a expressive thing. It's just like internal clarity, which you can even see like reflected in, in sports. Like when someone's in like the flow state, that's, that's clarity. They have clarity in that moment. There's no, there's no unsureness anymore. It's like, I'm in this moment I was made to do this and I'm doing it and nothing else matters except for this. And obviously it's not always going to be like that, but that's the thing that in this world where I'm always struggling, I'm always chasing clarity. Even if I know that in at least in this life I'm we're never going to be able to have like long-lasting clarity, but you can do your best to set yourself up for for like kind of long lasting clarity whether it be like building a life for yourself for your family making yourself a formidable individual who doesn't break when he's bent who doesn't which I I do (laughs) I do I'm I'm still working on it (laughs) um (laughs) Yeah, just being self-aware and trying to instill hope into your process. That's good. The struggle will not overwhelm you. Yeah. I, I uh, You talk about some struggles. Yeah. But I think as athletes, um, as musicians, whatever we're passionate about, um, and I mean tell me your thoughts on this but like we like we all need to have that underlining kind of foundational clarity to be able to carry us through all of our struggles yeah i will that that touches on a different aspect of this conversation cuz when if you talk about if you talk about jesus and like clarity with like the spirit and soul and existentialism it's already finished you know, like that, there's clarity. That's that's probably like the one like aspect of like clarity in my life is Jesus Christ died on the cross and he said it's already finished with his death and resurrection. And that's like the simple gospel mm-hmm. and that he died for our sins and rose again out of that and provide salvation with that process. But from like a day-to-day standpoint, we can't live as as men and as fathers someday and fathers someday, hopefully. <laughs> we can't live with like almost, it almost feels nihilistic sometimes to like think, well, well G- Jesus already Jesus already defeated sin and defeated death and we have Jesus in our hearts so we don't need to perform or our lack of effective performance doesn't matter, you know? Like there has to be a balance of that I I am a child of God and that that like holds me to the standard that what however it looks for you if like you need if you need to evangelize if you need to build a family if you want to just be a good athlete it 
it's like there is like we are still alive in this world you know and absolutely however you bring light into your own life or into the people that you love the that you love that are around you however you bring light into their life there's a lot of struggle in that <laughs> that comes with that right i mean yeah we don't live like you know this ain't heaven <laughs> So yeah. that yeah, that's why I, I had asked. Well, that. and the, and there's just so many people around us all the time that that don't have that that clarity because it's it's hard and it's confusing and there's so much um, multi-dimensional struggle, like whether it be in their physical lives and their emotional lives and their spiritual lives. And we are like in that world trying to do our best to find our own clarity on like a day to day basis. And that's all that all just goes back to performance and every day choosing to wake up and and make choices for the better in your own life. I think my spine. I think when it comes to um, when it comes to struggle, I know you guys just talked a lot, <laughs> but when it comes to struggle, for like my thought perspective, I think that we need struggle. I think that we need to almost seek out struggle. The more I feel like I seek struggle, and the more I put myself in situations where I'm like, wow, I'm struggling right now. The more I grow. And I think falling in love with struggle is kind of a... Because there's so many people that just avoid struggle. They avoid anything that's not comfortable. And they avoid things that they perceive as bad. That's a hot take right there. (laughs) And I think struggle is literally for any individual when it comes to performance. I think struggle is something that you just basically have to throw into your identity. You have to be able to struggle. You have to be able to learn how to operate through struggle. And no struggle looks the same. No struggle looks the same for each individual. Your struggle that you've gone through, we've gone through, say, losing our sister. It's the same struggle but we both operate differently differently through that struggle. Yeah. I did it through sports. I did it through service, you know, like trying to help others yeah. with what I do in my business. And for you, you operate through the struggle in making music and writing down your thoughts and feelings and displaying that to other people and connecting to them on a different level. Yeah, I did it through using my body, you know, through going out and performing. And... Now I do it through sitting in a room talking with people or out in the field talking to people. But the one common thing that I have found out is that struggle is simply something that we need to have. And if you haven't had struggle and if you don't try and look for struggle, then when it comes to you, you're going to run away. 100%. I think... As hard and as terrible and chaotic and 
scary this world can be down to like the worst things that happen and we haven't we've obviously experienced like moments of of that with Carly and everybody experiences moments of that as 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 hard as those things can be I feel like there is a light at the end you know it's like God made the world this way with an intention struggle is a part of the process that at the end of the day highlights love and undying love you know like love wouldn't be able to exist without it's a what's the word it's reflection like like hate and good and evil and duality <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And, yeah yeah no, there you go <laughs> yeah I um kind of pushing back on uh, or I guess challenging what you said a little bit I don't I mean I don't believe and I don't think God created the world this way as in like with you know death fear all that stuff but I think that's part of the reason why we have that clarity um, of what we talked about earlier, which can like carry us. You know, well, it's about it's about using exactly God. God created everything with sure. the intention that there would be like a potential for misuse of God's creation, and but He still had the intention to use misuse. In, in for his own glory, you know, for the glory of the creator. Hmm. That's what free will is to a certain extent. It's like the potential to stray away from God, but then that like creating your context on God's love and on like purity and what what like the purpose of creation is, hmm. you know, rather than just being programmed to love which wouldn't be genuine which wouldn't be authentic like our potential for being shells of what we're intended to be is what choosing to not be a shell and to become a formidable man to become a leader in our own right or someone who's a really good performer that's what like makes it so important and honorable and that gives it and that's what gives it worth is that the world is scary and we have to provide for and protect the people that we love and most importantly the children that we will have you know it's it's a it's kind of it's it's a beautiful thing but it's scary and it's hard it's a hard it's a harsh reality but there's hope in it because we're capable of doing it Kind of changing subjects, I just had a thought while you keep on bringing up the fact that I'm going to be a dad. Um, Brock's going to be a dad. What's really, what's really cool, and I'm thinking of it while I'm sitting here, is these podcasts, like these things that go online, like they're going to be online, I mean, hopefully until as long as the internet's can, around. Can we, say, can we say your child's name? Sure. 
Hi, Asen. What's up, Asen? That's kind of where I'm going off right now. Asen. Like, he's gonna... I'm the coolest uncle ever. You're gonna watch this probably when you're about, like, six. Because I feel like any time that he's younger than that, you won't really be able to, like, understand. But what's up, Asen? <laughs> I hope that we're in the Montana house right now. And I hope I have a kid as well. <laughs> All right. That's basically what I was saying. How cool it is that um, no matter like what we do, however all of these episodes go, whether they impact other people's lives, like I know for a fact, like at one point, whether I'm here or not, um, talking about mortality here, but Dang, this will always be here. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's really cool. And for anyone out there, whoever's like trying to start a podcast or thinking about doing a podcast or anything to do with the internet, like I think it's actually really rad that there's stuff like this that we have out now because this is going to be here forever. Yeah. You know, it's really awesome. Mm-hmm. That was just a thought that I had while you were talking. Yeah. That's good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But we, we are eternalized. Yeah. Back to the eternity. Back to the deep conversations about life. Um, Bryn you kind of call me Bryn Bryn? have you noticed that? you, you kind of you call me Bryn, Bryn so you Bryn waited. my little brother's name is Bryn but his full name is Brendan He's just been you say Bryn though Bryn 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 I've noticed that for a long time Bryn <laughs> whenever I'm playing Xbox people are always like What's up, Bren? Bren. Yeah, I have heard that. Yeah. I, just, I think I call you Brenny. Brenny? Brenny. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people think my name is Brenny from the Instagram handle. Mm-hmm. Brenny Scott. Okay, so last <laughs> question. Let's just wrap this up. I uh, Thank you so much for coming on today. This is rad. You're welcome, guys. Dude, yeah. the first, like, we're not the first interview that Brock's had for, for the pod, but... It's the first one you've been on, Grace. Yeah. But it's hey. like, I'm glad you're on this. Yeah. Awesome, okay, man. so final question. I ask this here. to every person who's on here. Okay. Um, we're actually going to be doing something new as well. But first question, or last question, um, what would you say to your younger self if you could... Let me ask that again. Let me ask that again. <laughs> if you could ask yourself... When you were younger, um, like where you are right now, everything that you have gone through, what are some things that you would tell yourself? What are some of the most important things that you would say to yourself? My younger self? Yeah. The love movies will never be enough. Go out into the world and try to romanticize reality. Be, listen to your mom more. Listen to your dad more. Listen to your brother more. Um, family's all that matters. And obviously, like, your spiritual life as well. Like, your faith. But in this world, like, things things will fade. Things are fleeting. Um, write music more. Work out a little bit for the endorphins. <laughs> so you feel good. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Awesome. And then, <laughs> is that good? yeah, no, that's great. And then, yeah. second question this is the last question. Uh, I want you to ask a question to the next guy that's going to be interviewed. The next 
guest. The next guest. Who is it, do you think? I don't know. Just give me a question that you're going to ask them. That'll be be the first question they get. Do you like the dwellers? Do you like the dwellers? Okay. That's it. Do you no, do you want a real do you want a better question? Yeah, I'd like a better question. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's a yes or no answer. Um Give me a good one. If you didn't make any money, would you still do the the thing that you're doing, whether it's a sport or a profession? Perfect. You didn't make any money doing what you're doing, or like if there was no opportunity to make money. Okay, if there was no opportunity to either play your sport or do whatever profession you're doing, would you still do it? I would say yes, absolutely. Then you're doing the right thing. All right, perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Zach, would you be doing what you do? Yes, absolutely. I would as well. Yeah, love it. I'd probably take a little longer on the albums. (laughs) <laughs> it would be hard but it would be so worth it yeah yeah all right sweet you guys thank you so much um if you guys made it all the way to the end of this i really appreciate you for listening hats off to you for real yeah <laughs> and i'm thankful that you actually listened to an interview that i have with my little brother because this is really cool and uh and we are in eternity now <laughs> i'm super proud of him and couldn't even express that feeling into words, but uh, I'm super proud of him. So, again, next week we are going to be going over Q and A. Um, like I said, the three three new segments we got Q and A, S and B, which is sport and brain, and then interviews. Send this in is, your questions. This is going to kind of be how it goes. So, if you guys can send in questions for the next episode, that would be huge. And you can email those to. Brock at offthewalltherapy.com. Or you can DM Off The Wall Therapy on Instagram, or you can DM Mindset Sessions Podcast. Again, Bren, thank you so much. Thanks, thanks guys. Close us out. We are Mindset Sessions, and this is Bren from The Dwellers. I love these guys. Listen to Dwellers. Yeah, go and listen to Dwellers if you haven't listened to Dwellers. All right, right. thank you so much. Have a great day. Peace.